Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to in the Lord's house this morning. A little bit snowy out there, but nothing that a Vermonter can't handle. Amen? Good to have you here. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for your many blessings to us. And Lord, I pray that you be with us as we turn our hearts towards you. We want to have you come and meet with us to stir our souls, that we might become conformed to your image and honor you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
Man, would you please stand together? We're going to lift up our voices as we sing This is Amazing Grace. You've heard the choir sing it many times. We've sung it once before as a congregational song. But we're going to do this together. Uh, Bill's playing with us on the drums. Meredith has gone away visiting her sister at college. So I'm filling in for her on the second set of songs. But let's together lift up our voices as we sing This is Amazing Grace. One, two, three, four.
Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me.
Thank you, Hillary. Remember to be in prayer for the ladies in our church that are getting ready to have babies. We have three, three ladies in our church that are scheduled to have little babies in the spring or this summer. And uh, you want to be praying that that all goes wonderfully well. Healthy, strong <coughs> babies and moms. Pray for the dads too. Some of them are first time dads. Some of them, uh, it's a repeat. They're going to have two. And, uh, but those dads need prayer as well. I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John, chapter 21. I'm going to read to you verses 2 down through 15. And uh, the title of my message this morning is, When Things Are Hard, Which Direction Do You Go? When things are hard, which direction do you go? You trying to protect me from yeah, tripping yes, on that? Yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> would be bad if I tripped on that. Uh, or fell down the hole. Right. That would be even worse. Yes. Uh, for me, anyways. Um, or the title of the message this morning could be, Will You Go Fishing? So look with me as I go to John chapter 21, verses 2 down through 15. It says, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the other side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciples whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, two hundred cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples uh, durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. So I told you the title of the message is, When Things Are Hard, Which Direction Do You Go? Or, 
Will you go fishing? In the text, what we find is the apostles facing an extremely difficult time. The Lord Jesus Christ has been crucified. He's been buried. He's been resurrected. They had seen the resurrection and that they had gone to the tomb. This is now the third time Jesus Christ is going to reveal himself to the disciples, the apostles. However, they still don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. They don't really know what's coming in their lives. They had given up everything to follow Jesus Christ. Peter and his brother, James and John, they had gone ahead and laid aside fishing with their father and had followed Jesus Christ. These men were looking at a complete shift and change in all that they had known and hoped for. And that day, I think in some despair, Peter looked at the others and he said, I'm just going to go back to fishing. I'm going to go fishing. And the other guys looked at him and said, yeah, me too. Now, we're not talking about going fishing like, like Kurt and Sam go fishing, where they, they go ahead and get their bait and their rods and reels, and they go ahead and put their lounge chair on the bank and maybe get a little fire going, throw out there and just kick back and relax. That's not the kind of go of fishing they're going to do. These guys are getting ready to go and labor all night long. They're going to row out. And then they're going to start casting their net. And the way they do that net, it's a, it's a long net when they hold it. They take it and they throw it in such a way that the weights open the net and it sinks down into the sea. And then they have to pull it all the way up. And they've got to do that over and over all night long. They're not waiting for a bite. They're, they're laboring to catch in their net. The text tells us that they all night long do this. And I want you to understand, this is hard labor. And they catch nothing. Why is this important to us? Well, for one, God gave us the text. For another, it's so symbolic of our lives as well. There are so many things that come into our lives that are unexpected. Things that we really don't foresee coming our way. And when it comes, all of a sudden we're faced with decisions to make. That's exactly what was happening with Peter and John and the others. Peter decided to go fishing. Even though Jesus had actually called him to be a fisher of men, not fishes. Matthew 4, 18 and 19 says, And Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They had walked with Jesus. They listened to his teaching. They had followed his example. They were called by God to be fishers of men, to reach people with the gospel. But circumstances had shifted and changed so much that they were confused and perplexed, maybe afraid. What's going to happen? 
you and I in our lives too. We have a calling. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's important for us to understand that all of us, you don't have to be an apostle. As long as you're a disciple of Christ, you too have a calling. Listen, listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Actually, I want to go to 1 Corinthians. I was going to read you the wrong text. Makes it hard to preach the wrong text. Not that it can't be done. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look with me now at verses 4 down through 12. It says, Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. And so right off as we start here, I want you to understand, he's going to talk to you and I about the diversity of gifts that God gives you and I in our lives. Because he has given you gifts. Just like he called Peter to be a fisher of men. He was going to enable him and empower him to be a minister of the gospel in being a fisher of men. Harvesting souls for Christ. Well, here it tells us there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, the spirit of God given them to us. There are differences of administration. And there are people who have those organizational skills, that gift of administration. But the same Lord. And by the way, our secretaries move into Louisiana in June and your church needs a new secretary who's gifted in administration. That was a freebie. <laughs> Let's go back here. And there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, God has given you and I all gifts, all abilities. Why? To profit all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom. Another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Another, faith by the same Spirit. Another, the gifts of of healing by the same spirit, another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse languages, to another the interpretation of those languages. And all these worketh the one and the same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So the Bible teaches us that, listen, just as God had called Peter to be a fisher of men, so he has enabled us to do all sorts of different things as well, but all by the same spirit and all for the purpose of benefiting all around us. So the question is, when we are faced with hard times, as Peter, as his brother Andrew, as James, as others, we're faced with difficult times, do we just decide to go back to fishing well, what direction do we go? It's not an easy question. Peter was not a weak man. He was not a man without faith. In fact, Peter was a natural leader within himself. In fact, that's why you see what happened, happen. When Peter says, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. Why? Because God had given him some natural gifts of leadership 
to make him a fisher of men. To help minister and work the work of the gospel, he'd given him the gifts and skills to lead others. But he's not leading them to go harvest souls for Christ. He's not leading them to go ahead and minister the gospel. He's not, Peter is not stepping up and saying, let's follow Christ. What's he saying? He's saying, let's go back to fishing. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to my old work, my old trade. I'm going back to the only other thing I know. And the others follow him. You and I in our lives, people do follow us. Maybe it's your grandbabies. Maybe it's your babies. Maybe it's your co-workers or your friends. Maybe it's your nieces, nephews, cousins, parents. Who knows who it is? that's in your orb of influence, but people do follow you whether you think so or not. Sadly, though, when you look at, when you look at the effort put forth, when you look at the investment of time and energy of Peter going backwards, we find that it is an exhausting failure. Look at verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Nothing. Nothing is a big number. And I mean that in sincerity. When you go to do something and you work all night long and you come out with zero. Zero looms large, doesn't it? Just imagine yourself. Say you decided, boy, I need to go get firewood. I was talking to Billy the other day. Billy said, you know what? I got to get some firewood. But imagine back in the day when you had to take your axe and walk out into the forest and you had to find the right tree to chop down. And all day you walked. And all day you carried your axe. And all day you looked. But you could not find the right tree to chop down. And then you came home to the same cold house with zero. That would be a big number, wouldn't it? Or imagine you had to go out and you, your, your kids are hungry. Your, your house is needing food, sustenance. And you go out and you're looking to hunt. And you hunt all day long from morning till night. And you come home with nothing. That's a big number. And these guys have labored all night long. They followed Peter because he is the natural leader. Because he's bold. He's outspoken. He's somebody who's impetuous. He's going to get it done. And they said, we're going to follow him. To nothing. You and I, we have to be careful what we lead people into. You know, Jesus said, the, the blind leadeth the blind, and they both fall in the ditch. You got to be really careful. You got to be careful about where we lead others. When things are hard, which direction do we go? Do we go fishing too? That's what happened with these guys at that time. But the most amazing thing happens. Verses 4 down through 6, 
you find that Jesus intervenes. And that's, just, that's what's so amaz amazing about Jesus Christ in our lives as well as theirs. He doesn't forget us. We may forget him. And we may go the wrong direction. We may even lead others in the wrong direction. But Jesus does not forget us. Look at what happens. Verse 4. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Now when we read down a little bit farther in the text. I want you to note that they were not far from shore. They were not far from Jesus. It tells us that when they dragged the net in, they were near to land. Look at verse 8. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fishes. This last time John and I went to Israel on an Israel tour, it was just all pastors and we went out on a boat out onto the Sea of Galilee and the gentleman that was taking us out there showed us how they fish, how they throw the nets, all the whole thing. And so he threw the net over and one of those preachers said, do you ever catch anything? And the guy said, nope, we've never caught anything. He said, and it's because we're out in the deep water. He said, in order to catch fish on the Sea of Galilee, you have to be in the shallows. That's exactly where these guys are. They're close to shore. And there's a figure sitting on the bank there with a fire going. And they can't tell who that is. They're not, they're not quite in tune with the Lord enough yet to really recognize him from afar. Now he's been crucified, buried, resurrected. And this, they're not quite sure. He's revealed himself to, to them before, but they're just not quite sure. Not at this point. As we come down, look at what takes place. Verse 5. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. That's because how much have they caught? Zero. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you will find fish. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fish. So they take that net, they throw it, and the weights pull that net out into a circle, and it drops into the sea. And it goes down, and the guys we watched who pulled it up empty, he just went, he pulled it up and flopped it back on the deck. These guys can't even get it up. They're yanking it. This net is loaded with fish. Verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, and the one he loved, that special relationship was John. He said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now why? Why does he know? Because they've been there and done this before. All the way back when... Christ had ministered to them early on. He had done the same thing. They'd fished all night. He said, cast the net on the other side. And they had caught so many fish, their net had broken. They'd seen this. They knew who this was now. Now, when Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He girt his coat upon him and 
cast himself into the sea. Remember I told you he is a leader. He is impetuous. He is zealous. He is going to get on it. Although he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, isn't he? He was supposed to be out there as a fisher of men, but instead he's out there as a fisher of fish with nothing until Jesus intervenes. But he hasn't lost his zeal. He jumps right overboard and he swims the shore. Another indication they're not far off, are they? You see, Jesus stepped in. He wanted to get their attention at the right time. They had gone ahead and stepped aside from what he had called them to do. And he wants to catch them early on so that they don't go too far. He says, hey guys, you got any fish? Zip. Cast it on the other side. Throw it to the right side of the boat. More than they can pull in. But what's he been doing? He's been cooking fish on the shore. So amazing. Because when you come down a little bit farther, I want you to note what Jesus is doing. Uh, verse, uh, pick it up at verse 8. And the other disciple came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, fish laid on them, and bread. So I want you to understand that while these guys are out there in their boat and they're throwing this net all night long, somebody's got a fire on the shore. Now, how do I know he had a fire on the shore? Because it doesn't say that they came and there was a fire on the shore. There are what? Coals. So in order to have coals, you had to have had what? Yeah. That fire's got to burn down to make a bed of coals. And already he's made what? Fish and bread. Takes time, doesn't it? Now I can burn a fish pretty quick, but to cook bread. So he's, he's gone ahead and had fire, burned it down to coals, and he's cooked fish and bread. And it's there when they get to shore. Why am I pointing that out? Because you are not alone. Jesus knows. He is there. These guys are out there not doing what they should be doing. They should be. They're supposed to be about the business of being fishers of men, not fishers of fish. But he hasn't written them off. More than that, He's, he's right there. He can see them out there. They're not far off. He's got a fire going. He's burning it down to coals. He's got fish. He's got bread all ready for them. You and I in our lives, unexpected things happen. Things that are frightening, disturbing. Things that throw us off track. He is there. He has the hearth warmed. And he cares that we are cared for. And that's exactly what he's doing for these individuals. When you look at verse 9, it says, 
As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals. Their fish laid thereon and bread. Look down at verse 12. Jesus saith unto them, come, come and dine. And none of the disciples did ask him, who art thou? They now know it was the Lord. Look at verse 13. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. I love that part of this. Because when they came to shore and they pulled up their net with, that held 153 fish, Jesus doesn't say to them, now listen guys, get busy. We gotta, we gotta clean this mess. Get these fish cleaned and scaled and et cetera, et cetera. We gotta mend the nets. He says, come here, come and dine. He didn't say to Peter, now Peter, I need you to serve all the guys. I need you to, that's not what happened. Jesus goes ahead and he gathers up what he's cooked and prepped. And it says he gave them to eat. Now, why, is, why does that matter? Because you know what? Sometimes when people disappoint us, we're not so quick to serve them, are we? If somebody offends us, disappoints us, lets us down, we're kind of looking for them to make it right. That's not what Jesus does. He says, come, come and dine. And then he gathers the food and he gathers the bread and the fish and bread, he starts to serve them. You and I are really, if we're Christians, we're servants. What are we going to do when times get hard? Are we going to go back to the old ways? Or are we going to follow the example of Jesus Christ and muster it up and serve others? Be there to care for them. To help, to lift up, to comfort, to nourish other people in need. Jesus is there for you and me. No matter what the circumstances of our lives. Look at verse 7 again. It says, therefore that disciples whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. And it should be that you and I in our lives too. At whatever point, we should be able to recognize Jesus at work in our lives. And we should say, yes, it is the Lord. And we get ourselves back on track. You know, when Peter denied Christ three times at the mock trial of Christ, it tells us he looked up and Christ's eye caught his eye. And Peter wept. And he went forth and repented. You see, he... He said, it is the Lord. And in each of our lives, what are we going to do? Are we going to just go a-fishing? Go back to the old ways and do the old things? Are we going to go ahead and just turn the other direction? Or are we going to look and see that the Lord is there? And it's time for us. It's time for us to be fishers of men. These apostles, these men, they had to remember who it was that Jesus was. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me.
you and I this morning, we're no different than Peter, Andrew, James, John, the others. We are just simple people following Christ as Christ leads us. But at the same time, we have to decide what direction are we going? Every time we lose track, are we going back or are we looking for Jesus? These guys chose momentarily to go back. And Christ stepped right up, right on the shore, saying, guys, got their attention. And they came back. You and I in our lives, all the time we face hills and valleys, struggles as well as joys. You know, I, I look at these young ladies who are going to be having babies. And Sandra Joe and I, last night, we celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary. 45 years. You didn't even think I was that old, did you? <laughs> But I can remember so very well, Sandra Jo sitting back here. I can remember when she got pregnant with Joy, Joy's our oldest, and then Josh. I mean, those were exciting days. They were exciting days. But we've also had tough days. You know, her parents are failing in their health. My dad has passed away. My mom is 87 and struggling. There's highs and there's lows in all of our lives, aren't there? Are we just going to go efficient? Every time we hit a low, are we going backwards? Or are we looking to Jesus and say, Lord, lead me. Lead me. I know you're there. Lead me. Let's bow our heads. As we bow our heads and we look in our hearts, I just want to take one moment for each of us to do a little introspection. We can't fault Peter because Peter is no different than we are. But we can learn from Peter. We each have to look in our hearts and ask ourselves, would I go efficient? What do I do when times get hard? Lord in heaven, as we come into this little bit of time of invitation, I pray for your Holy Spirit to stir and beckon to us. For we know that you have the hearth warmed. You have our needs at hand. You are there. Help us, Lord, to never go back, but to always look to you. Stir our hearts this morning. Stir us to be strong and faithful. Stir us this morning to make commitment to you and to be fishers of men. Taking the gifts and talents you've given us and use them for your glory and honor. 
Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to stir us. If there be one person here that's not received Christ as their Savior, then today, Lord, I pray you'd stir their hearts to come and receive you. We pray for your will to be done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I know John has a little chorus for us. So I'm going to go stand at the back door and he's going to lead you in the chorus. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless wave. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine. Please give us safety as we go to our homes. And Lord, help us to do the work you've called us to do in our homes, in our communities, all to your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.